Hello everyone, I am Harshal Mehta and welcome back to our podcast channel Investonomy. In our previous months, we have extensively covered investments into equity markets and what are the risks pertaining to it from a retail investor perspective. However, while investing into equity markets, it is really and equally important to understand how investment into fixed income instruments or debt works because it makes a balance from a portfolio of a retail investor point of view. So in order to discuss this topic today, we have the CIO of fixed income and head of products at Kotak Mahindra AMC. Hi, Lakshmi Ayer. Really, thanks for joining us. Hi, Harshal. Thank you for having me as part of this podcast. So before going into the nitty gritties and you sharing the insight of how fixed income instruments works and what are various range of products one can invest into, please share a brief background of how you ended up into the debt space where on a contrary, each and everyone is into the equity markets. So Harshal, what happened is before my stint with Kotak, uh, I actually spent a couple of years with this firm called Credence Analytics. When I joined back in 97, 98, it was a partnership firm. Today, it is actually a private limited company. We used to research the bond markets um, in India and actually uh, sell the research. Uh, today, research is available at a click of a button. Uh, it's available on social media, etc. So at that point in time, I got enamored uh, by the way the dynamics of the bond markets work. And I try to blend uh, markets along with software and try to bring in a technology as far as treasury is concerned. And uh, in in course of those interactions is where uh, my uh, alliance with Kotak actually because Kotak was one of our uh, potential clients and then subsequently they got to be our clients. So when I used to go for these installations um, in the treasury of um, Kotak, erstwhile it used to be uh, KMCC or the primary dealer. So I used to see a lot of adrenaline and rush, uh, the dealers, the kind of market moving news, etc. And that is where I got the fancy saying that, you know, oh, this is the place I want to be. So this was back in 99 and I joined Kotak in 2000. And since then, there's been no looking back. So this is a snapshot of my 22-year journey in just about two minutes. Wow, more than two decades. That's that's really very good, at least in the current times where, you know, people tend on switching it more, like not even more than two years. So really, 22 years is commendable. You feel either you're a furniture or you're an antique piece, you know, the down value of each of this is very different. But the fact that, uh, you know, I have been growing uh, uh, within the organization and contributing. So it's a two way relationship. So I think that relationship uh, has obviously, um, you know, helped me continue my journey uh, despite its ups and downs. So I think, yeah, so far, so good. Can't complain. Yeah. <laughs> So we start with a very basic and logical question that what are fixed income instruments? So, you know, basically I'm a millennial and let's say my mom, dad, they back in 90s or 80s, uh, people only used to know that there's one particular thing. And still, I remember uh, until tw uh, 2010, everyone, uh, you know, were fancied by fixed deposits. 
so what exactly uh, because the, uh, it gives us kind of stability so what are uh, fixed income instruments if you want to you know in a layman term you can explain so you started with the word stability so let me take that forward uh, according to me uh, in the most layman language the way i explain fixed income is it is like nimbu pani it is a refresher it is a stabilizer to your portfolio whereas equity is like red bull it is an energy booster or a caffeine booster to your portfolio uh, and uh, that is the way i would put it to an absolute layman uh, on a slightly more um, nuanced term uh, the fact or the reason why it is called fixed income is not because it offers you an assured return but there is an instrument or a security which you invest in which at a stipulated time period gives you something known as a coupon rate in fixed income it's called the coupon rate and that is fixed through the life of the entire security to give you an example if i buy a particular bond you can call it a bond you can call it a debenture or a fixed income instrument names can vary but uh, the color is the same so if you buy today a bond at 100 rupees what it means is that and it's assuming right now that uh, i'm not getting into technicalities of credit risk etc so the issuer of the bond promises to pay me at the end of a stipulated period so here i can say assume one year x rate of interest or coupon let's assume that number is 6% so what it means effectively harshal is that at the end of one year from the day i bought this bond or this fixed income instrument i will get 100 rupees plus 6 rupees which was the agreed coupon or rate of interest on my debenture so that is in a nutshell and that is the reason it is called fixed income securities or fixed income instruments right so basically a fixed return or uh, as you mentioned that uh, at the end of a particular tenure we get our principal as well as the interest or coupon as the thing is yes this so, is only but harshal as i said this is only if you are buying it today and holding it on till the maturity date of the instrument it is good only for that period of course there are intermittent price and interest rate movements which come along the way which means that the aim for you if you decide to buy more or sell the maturity date of the bond there is no assurance what kind of return or what kind of payback you get between the maturity date that's the reason uh, it is not uh, as simple as just buying it and holding it to maturity right so obviously we will uh, delve into that part also uh, in the later half of the podcast sure so the next immediate question which arises that apart from fixed deposits what are the various ranges of you know fixed income instruments or fixed income products that a retail investor can invest into fixed deposit is uh, like a magnet uh, it is a natural pull to par effect there is no uh, necessity to educate one about the fact that you need to have a bank account 
and if you have a bank account you will have a savings account which gives you some x rate of interest you can do fixed deposits obviously the rate of interest is assured now uh, the that is the biggest advantage of doing a fixed deposit with a bank or with a prominent bank where you know that at the end of the stipulated period you get your um, x rate of interest now if you are an investor who are okay to take some additional risk to be able to gain a tad additional upside and you know that there will be volatilities in the market that come alongside then even for retail investors there are options within the fixed income space where you can buy these bonds or debentures which are issued by many companies you can buy them directly and keep it as part of portfolio now what happens in this case again of course the uh, coupon rate is definitely assured but you definitely have to assume the credit risk on that particular issuer so that is definitely the case and in a second option if you say that oh you know i don't understand all of this it's absolutely fine if you don't understand you have fixed income mutual funds which do the same job of identifying these fixed coupons buying them as part of your portfolio and the retail investor has a choice to participate in the same market through mutual funds so basically it's fixed deposits you have bonds or debentures which you can buy directly or you can participate via fixed income mutual funds right so let's let's go into a we we break down your this particular point uh, into two three you know bifurcations let's say first we come down let's say if a retail investor wants to invest into a particular bond so what are the particular parameters one has to keep in mind so one of the examples obviously this is uh, many people would have read uh, on the newspapers or would have read uh, heard from the people that you know uh, credit ratings are required to be taken into account so can you please share insights of what credit ratings are obviously people know triple a double a but despite that the what are how the returns fluctuate according to the credit ratings and how should one go ahead at least what are you know bare minimum criteria one should keep in mind before investing into bond absolutely harshal that is a million dollar question and i think that is the crux of fixed income investing there are broadly three types of risks when you invest in a fixed income scheme or a fixed income bond which is interest rate risk liquidity risk and credit interest rate risk is today i contract a bond say 100 rupees and obviously it pays me say 6% and for some reason interest rates start moving higher i am already locked into this particular bond so automatically next time the issuer is coming to issue the same bond he or she has to entice the investor with a higher coupon or a higher offering so by default my own holding diminishes in value so that is and of course vice versa happens when the interest rates go down so that is the most important risk when you do investments in fixed income the second big risk credit risk and here i think it's important to understand that 
when there is interest rate fluctuations because of that there is never a capital yes it takes time for the capital to come back but it certainly comes back but in case of a credit risk where a issuer issued the same bond at 100 rupees at the rate of 6% and suddenly you see after 6 months he or she becomes bankrupt which means the credit was not good then at the end of one year you don't forget 6 rupees you don't even get your 100 rupees back so i think that is one of the other very important risks that one needs to keep in mind when you do your income investments and here is where um, rating agencies are one of the yardsticks which investors should look out for when making such investments when i say one of them i mean that rating is a hygiene check so you have to check the box to see if it fills that criteria but can you look at that as the only criteria probably not so you need to look it's like the entire health when you go for a comprehensive health checkup herself you do the entire health checkup for every part of your body you just do a spirometry test for your lungs you also do an audiometry you also do an eye test you also do a bone density test apart from doing a 2d 3d echo so it's an all encompassing so that is how you need to do the entire credit evaluation of that particular issuer before you start or before you initiate investment in a fixed income and lastly of course there is a liquidity risk if you buy a bond directly you need to be mentally prepared that it may or may not be as easily liquidable if at all you have a cash requirement so these are the three primary considerations among the other things but these are the most priority things which investors should certainly watch out for right and as you correctly mentioned that a holistic view has to be taken no decision can be taken on the basis of these three parameters but yes a holistic approach has Absolutely. to be taken yeah one of the points what you mentioned about the interest while uh, interest rate highlighting the interest rate risk so let's delve into that particular portion obviously people would have known and you have also mentioned that when interest rate goes up the current value of the bond goes down so what is the connection between that we keep it simple example of yours only that uh, 100 rupee bond and uh, let's say it's going to give a, a coupon of 6% so after let's say let's say the duration is one year so we keep it that after one year i'll get 106 rupees so what happens when when actually you know there there's some changes in the rbi policy uh, and let's say there's some fluctuation so what happens at the end of one year and how how does it impact because let's say if in the interim as you correctly mentioned that if if someone is holding the bond for one year or two years till maturity then it's fine they'll get their return let's say in the interim how does the value go down because in a layman terms if if you tell anyone that listen if you are going to keep it uh, be you know be invested up to two years then you'll get back your principal plus the interest whatever was you know uh, had been whatever interest had been told to you so what is the difference or how do you highlight that so in the same example let's take this one level forward and i will bring you and me into the picture so harshal you 
bond yeah. uh, which is uh, you've done all your research you bought this bond for 100 rupees for one year and at the end of one year um, because it's a 6 um, percent uh, coupon or rate of interest you get 106 rupees back at the end of one year now suddenly covid has happened there have been aggressive rate cuts across the world and india has also cut interest rates which means if lakshmi is going to buy the same bond the rate available in the market now is 5% i'm not going to get um, 6% or maybe the issuer says i don't want money i am not expanding my business so i don't even want it at 5% maybe i may consider if you come to me with a 4% proposal but here lakshmi goes and meets harshal who has bought this bond at um, 100 rupees uh, i come in and i see and say that look you bought this bond uh, would you be willing to trade this bond would you be wanting to sell this bond now that interest rates have come down so you very open to it and you sell it to me at 101 rupees because you know that the interest rates have come down so the value of your bond or the price of your bond has increased so therein is the first lesson that bond prices and yields have an inverse relationship as the interest rates come down the bond prices actually go up so automatically the bond harshal which you purchased at 100 rupees yielding you 6% now i have bought it at 101 rupees so how will it yield me 6% because as i told you the value of the bond has gone up in price so automatically the yield has come down so at 101 rupees i am owning now this bond at 5% so while on maturity i will still get 6 rupees coupon but the moment it starts trading in the market the yield to maturity or the ytm of the bond becomes different from the coupon of the bond and now you will understand what i said in why only if you hold to maturity your coupon is assured or your income is assured but because of the market ups and downs what you get or what is important for the investor is yield to maturity because i bought this bond i paid you 1 rupee extra so for me the holding period and now i hold this on to maturity which is say 10 months because i bought this bond from you after 2 months so for me in 10 months i will yield only 5% and that is why it is important to understand the bond and the bond price and the yield relationship very well right so let's say obviously uh, one of the products is bonds now the other one which is government securities let's say if someone wants to invest into government securities then how would one go uh, ahead with because government securities what normally people understand that those are not very simple ke you know we just call up a broker and you tell them ke arey boss i want to purchase this particular government security uh, uh, that is not that much easy so how does one go ahead into and whether it's possible for uh, obviously apart from the investing it through a debt mutual fund um, debt mutual fund if a retail investor wants to directly go ahead and go ahead to buy or purchase the government securities what is it even possible it is possible you have you know you have to have your lot sizes defined uh, 
clearly possible but the retail market for directly buying government bonds recently uh, rbi has made it more palatable for the retail investors you can call up you need to call up a wholesale debt market broker so basically you need to call up a retail broker uh, who will be able to facilitate this transaction you can actually check with your equity broker also if he or she is empaneled on the debt segment and they will be able to facilitate a trade for you uh, the biggest advantage of holding a government bond is that you are uh, absolved of one risk which is the credit risk and to some uh, extent uh, liquidity is also not a challenge uh because this is the most liquid segment of uh, the bond markets in india however the interest rate risk the example which i gave you that will continue to be applicable even for government bonds so my preference uh, or my suggestion to retail investors usually want to own government of india securities you are best off you know owning it through uh, a gilt fund via a mutual fund because it offers you diversification but if you still insist that you want to buy government bonds directly there is that facility available it's not very rampantly used at the current juncture but obviously uh, the interest rates or the coupon would be lesser than the private bonds absolutely. right uh, it is, is absolutely this the... correct your understanding and that is world over not only just in india see let's understand no if uh, there is uh, no credit risk involved because it is a sovereign credit or a sovereign risk it is the risk or a view that you are taking on government of india that they will definitely make you back the payment on its due date then uh, by default it will have the lowest rate of interest and subsequently there is something known as an extra spread or an additional yield which has to be made available for any other type of instrument include private sector bonds yeah so obviously now we covered bonds indian bonds and uh, government securities let's say if someone goes ahead and at least in this uh, covid scenario there has been cases where people are keen or you know they are interested to see how investment into foreign company bonds or overseas bonds of indian companies like how would that work and obviously there has been cases that foreign company the overseas bonds have given much more coupon rates from the indian counterparts so what is the rationale behind that issuers uh, indian issuers who are raising money abroad are using that route for two reasons one is they get to diversify the source of funding so in india they will borrow from harshal they'll borrow from lakshmi they'll borrow from xyz institution they'll borrow from abc but when they go outside of india they get the advantage of tapping into nris as far as uh, and and also uh, foreign investors which could be foreign institution investors or it could be any other entity so that is the one reason they go to do that the second reason also could be in some cases that they get access to cheaper cost of funding so wherever you get it cheaper it is like this if you want to buy an iphone now 
you will go to amazon.in you will go to amazon.com if you have some relative outside india you will go to flipkart wherever for the same instrument you are getting the better value for the buck you will go and buy it that is exactly the way the issuer also behaves and therefore they do try to access those uh, you know uh, avenues as an additional source of funding for an investor sitting here in india if you want to buy those bonds because those bonds are denominated in dollar not in indian currency or could be any other currency largely these are dollar bonds you need to take a fourth risk known as the currency risk so earlier i told you three risk interest rate credit and liquidity this will be the fourth risk that you need to take into consideration so it will be prudent to look at those avenues as a retail investor only if you have exhausted all your options in india and now you want to diversify out only then we would recommend something like that otherwise i think indian bonds itself offer enough and more abundant opportunities so let's say from a retail investor perspective all the rbi changes or quarterly updates what rbi gets and uh, you know they change the repo rate or a reverse repo rate Is, uh, uh, really does a retail investor take into effect all those changes yes and no uh, if you are uh, financially literate say financially literate means you are tracking these nuances on a regular basis there is no harm in tracking an additional information it's absolutely useful because you get a color as to what is happening uh, from a macro perspective in india but if you are one which says that you know uh, i can drive from bombay to lunavla i can do a self drive or i can avail the services of professional uh, help uh, like an uber or an ola uh, therefore i will um, entrust the decision uh, to them to take me to my destination that is all acceptable i do not know how to drive for example so i am okay to hire uh, an uber to reach destination so there's nothing right or wrong about it so please don't hesitate as a retail investor to dig into the services of an advisor because uh, i think even the most uh, acclaimed professional uh, whether it's a sachin tendulkar in um, cricket uh, or a saina nehwal uh, or a pv sindhu we all they all needed uh, their respective coaches totally agree with that yes so before winding up our podcast one last but important question that obviously as you mentioned that there's a credit risk and in the recent times let's say uh, there has been in the recent past uh, there's a default from franklin templeton funds debt funds and uh, if we go back 2 3 years back then there was a ilfs crisis so exactly what happens in those scenarios obviously we understand that you you clearly mentioned it that the retail investors won't get the principal amount but is there any so here i'm talking let's say the ibc has uh, kicked in uh, the you know government has made up various laws so is there still any security for retail investors or does a, a government does a bailout to these particular funds at least to make sure the principal amount is back for the retail investors in case of any cre- credit default see harshal i mentioned to you in these three types of risks in fixed income uh, the credit risk uh, or the interest rate risk or the liquidity risk is entirely the owners and the baby of the investor whether it is a retail investor or wholesale investor does not matter therefore the amount of due diligence that one needs to do is exceedingly important 
a credit loss is a permanent loss an interest rate loss is not a permanent loss uh, that is where the concept of mark to market comes in that it can go up and come down it happens uh, with equity also if a retail investor is assuming that government uh, will come to bail out um, every time there is a credit crisis uh, i think that is a little bit far fetched to assume because uh, Uh, in in the current scenario and even us while before the covid uh, the government has a mandate that of you know ensuring growth ensuring expenditure control expend uh, revenue maximization now uh, it is uh, the owners of each and every enterprise in india whether it's private sector um, to uh, since we're discussing private sector to ensure that their house in uh, house has to be in order hence uh, my advice and my suggestion to the retail audience uh, who would be listening to us today is um, do your due diligence don't chase returns uh, don't do a uh, rare view driving uh, and don't go by hindsight bias and say that oh you know past has looked so glorious so therefore future is going to be fabulous it's very important that the more sugar syrup you infuse into a rasgulla the sweeter it is but it has a potential <laughs> to have a health hazard Uh, so i think that's very important and that holds true for credit also so higher the returns please question your fund managers please engage with your advisors and take informed decisions do not expect that the hand of god or the hand of government will help you out that was a great analogy the rasgulla thing. i am a foodie harshal yes. i have been a filmy so i have to bring in these examples uh, to ensure that the fixed income market is not very bitter or not very dry as an experience to the investors or the, to the audience i am sure you would have faced a problem eating outside yeah, at yeah, least in the me. covid times compulsory get in the into the kitchen and start cooking myself <laughs> no but really great analogy and that was really very insightful thanks a lot for your time and really thanks for joining us and sharing your insights thank with you our Marshall. listeners it was a great interactive opportunity no material on this podcast should be considered as a financial advice the material on this podcast is for informational purposes only the views represented here are personal and do not represent any organization mm-hmm.